0: Hello and welcome to the James Sheets podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Chapter
1: 17, beginning at verse 14. and We'll read through verse 21, 14 through 21 of chapter 17. The Gospel of Matthew. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, that and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? Jesus said unto him, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a, must, as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible with you. Howbeit, this kind, uh, uh, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. May the Lord add his blessing to this portion of his word. I thought this morning as I drove across a mountain or two that I surely picked the right subject for this morning, which is move mountain. And I thought I'd sure like to be able to just say those words and those couple of places at least that I had to cross would suddenly be moved and I would have a straight, smooth, uh, dry road reminded me of the story I heard of a lady who had heard this particular passage of Scripture. You can say unto this mountain, move hence to yonder place and it will be done. And she thought as she looked out her kitchen window, well, I would like to know what's on the other side of that mountain. And so she prayed that the mountain would be moved. And the next morning she looked out the kitchen window and said, Huh, just as I thought, it's still there. We have our mountains. The story in the scripture dealt with a mountain when Jesus had been in the mountain, separated with three of his disciples where he was transfigured, and Moses and Elias were presented down to the three, Peter, James, and John. They came down out of that mountain, having had a mountaintop experience, to find down in the valley that there was a man who had a son who was mentally ill. And he had brought this young son to the rest of the disciples with the request that he might be healed, and they had attempted to cast the devil out of him and were unsuccessful. And they inquired of the Lord why they could not move this mountain. And Jesus said, this kind, time, kind, excuse me, I'll get my tongue untwisted in a minute, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. Because of your unbelief, he explained to them, you could not move this mountain. Now I do not believe that he was talking when he said if you had the grain of a mustard seed that you could say to that particular physical mountain bear, be moved. But he was talking about the problem that has now suddenly bolted up In front of them, and I use that term advisedly, bolted, because one of the mountains I thought of was Bolt Mountain, you know, this morning. I didn't come across it because it probably might have been insurmountable for me this morning, I don't know. So I went around it and uh, endured some lesser mountains. There are some events that bolt up in our presence that we can't get over. Now, the drive was beautiful this morning. It could have been disastrous just as well. I stopped to uh, give assistance to one fellow who hadn't got over the mountain, was in the guardrails, and had to be be pulled up with a wrecker. was starting to be beautiful suddenly turned into a catastrophe for him and I. he wanted to know where I was going and I told him I was going to church this morning he said well I think somebody was telling me that I should have gone this morning instead of being out on the road and I found out he was a Methodist and uh, from uh, man was headed to Winter Place to pick up his son but uh, a normal episode in life had suddenly become a tremendous adversary. And we've all had those experiences when what started out to be beautiful has turned into an extremely difficult situation. Sometimes we could have helped it and sometimes we could not. I'm sure there are many marriages that start out that way. When on the day of the marriage everything is beautiful and bright and happy and the expectations are for nothing more than than the best in life, but somewhere down the road those expectations turn into tragedies. And what was thought to have been a great experience has now become a nightmare. We've had our nightmares, have we not? We've had our bolt mountains, our insurmountable problems seemingly that rise up in front of us and we don't know how to to get over them. And we don't know what the resource is that we can call upon to to, uh, make these mountains something less than an adversary. There ought to be something in the depths of our soul that is a resource that we can call upon in those times of extreme difficulties so that the mountain will not be our adversary, at least to the great degree that it seems like at this time. I always think of Jim Neighbors, Gomer Pyle, I know him as, how is it possible that out of a voice like he has can come that beautiful music? I don't know how he does it. There is a resource deep down in him that thrills me when I hear him sing. I don't know about you. There are some people that are born to sing and others ought to keep their mouth shut, you know, when it comes to that. Uh, and Some of us don't know when to. But uh, he has a resource to draw upon Where is the resource that we have that can slay the giants, that can make our adversaries simple? I used to be the administrator of the health department in Wood County. I had under me, oh, 100 and some employees, many nurses, physical therapists and sanitarians and all the other people go with it and i had six or eight supervisors one of these supervisors and i became very good friends over the years she was an army nurse but i i simply uh, give you this to to make an illustration she was faced uh, many, many times with the problems of going out into the homes of the elderly and sometimes coming back to find that they had in fact frozen to death, as I mentioned, on a day like this. And she would come into my office and she'd begin to cry because she had a keen love for those people to, to whom she was ministering. She was a Catholic. Has nothing to do with the story, but, uh, but uh, this, this was her background. And she would come in and plop herself down in a chair in front of me with a tear streaming down her face. And in those instances, she would always call me Coach. And she would say, what do I do now, Coach? What do I do now? Because an adversary at Great Mountain had risen up. And it became so insurmountable to her that she was defeated, she thought. And it took some talking and some discussion and some tears together that she was able to get up and go out and do the job over again and go into the home of another person. She had, her responsibility oftentimes was to deal with those who were terminally ill. And she faced it over and over and over again. And she tried to be the resource that could build up the hopes And encourage those people who have very little left to be encouraged about. Life had dealt a tremendous blow, and what do we do now, coach? I use this as background to to make this point. We have our mountains. You've got yours, and I've got mine. I face some tremendous mountains my own life now you face tremendous mountains perhaps in yours sometimes we get to the point and we don't know where to turn and we wonder why it is that we have that we face these tremendous obstacles now the lord did not promise us anywhere in his word that we would have an easy life becoming a becoming a christian does not solve all of our problems. But he says that his grace is sufficient for us. His grace. If you have been in Wednesday night services, we found out last Wednesday night that that means God's love. God's love is sufficient. God's love is sufficient. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, Paul quotes the Lord, and he says, My grace is sufficient for you. I don't know what mountains you are facing today, but I think probably I could mention these, and some of you or several of you may have these as mountains in your life right today. Some of you are having marital trouble, no doubt. You're just not getting along. Some of you may have had a fight this morning before you left home. It's not uncommon to, uh, common to have a Sunday morning fight. A disagreement that becomes bitter. Some of you may not even be speaking to your wife or your, to your husband. And it's going on for a long period of time. And you're beginning to wonder, what am I going to do? And you might like to cry out, what do I do now, coach? And the mouth of it gets big. It's almost insurmountable some of you may be having financial troubles that's not uncommon to have I've had them I'm sure you've had them as well On two occasions I've lost everything I owned by one means or another I can remember one time in my life that I didn't know where I was gonna get the next meal to feed my family and you've had those problems Some of you may not have a job today. Or you may not have one tomorrow. You're not sure. Some of you perhaps are engaged in relationships that are not exactly honorable. I don't know if any of you, but I'm sure that you know people who have a mountain of drugs or alcohol or problems of that nature facing you. And those of you who teach, I know, are faced with them in your children in school. If you're not, you're quite fortunate because this problem is rampant today. I think one of the greatest things has been done in courts is what just recently done, giving teachers a little more liberty and freedom as to how they react toward students who are suspected of, of violence or drugs or those things in school. Some of you are having financial or our family problems, I should say. Some of you are having financial or, excuse me, family problems. I'm talking here not about miracle problems, but I'm talking about problems between parents and children. I don't know if any of your children have ever run away from home or not, but I've known people who have done that. Boy we raised, took off one day down the road with a little pack on his back. He was running away from home. He'd had enough. Have you ever experienced any of that? He came back, but uh, I have known families whose children are still going. My church that I just pastored, there's one family whose daughter took off one day. Teenager, 18 years old. They didn't hear from her for three months. Never knew where she was. She finally called. She was in New York. She finally came home, came back to church. But during that period of time, they had a mountain that was difficult to get over. Some of you are faced with sickness in your own life or in the lives of some of the members of your family, and this is a tremendous problem. Something is in the way of happiness and success. What are you going to do about it? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Wasn't that what the choir sang? Look full in his face and the cares of this world. Believe the words, I will grow suddenly dead. What now, coach? One day, Jesus let his disciples get into a boat and go out on the waters. A storm came up and suddenly that beautiful lake was an adversary. I've had that experience on the water I thought one night I never was going to get back. We went out fishing in my little John boat at uh, about 10 o'clock, and it turned dark, and the fog came in, and we were anchored, and I had my, and my ideas exactly where the bank was, where we needed to go. And I said to my brother-in-law, who was in the back of the boat, we better head back about midnight. It was utterly dark with the, with the fog coming in. He reached back to pull up the anchor, and it was gone, and we didn't have the slightest idea where we were and we rode and we rode. The first thing we did was row right into the bank on the opposite side of the lake. We suddenly saw a lake and I said that's where we need to go and we rode and rode and we got down there with somebody else out there stupid like us in the middle of the lake and didn't know where they were. I thought we never would get back. That beautiful lake became a tremendous adversary and we began to talk about what we were going to do all night in that little john boat. Not knowing where we were or where we were going well that's the simple little illustration but here was Peter in this boat and it was ready to sink we didn't have that problem and suddenly he looked out there and there stood Jesus on the ladder and Peter said is that you? and the Lord said yes and Peter said well if it is I don't quite believe it but if it is bid me come to you walking on the water and Jesus said come on And Peter got out of the boat and started walking across the water until he began to turn more attention to the waves in the water and his present condition, and then he began to sink. And he had to cry out to the Lord, Lord, save me, or I drown. And the Lord had to reach out and pick him up with a hand. Let me tell you, you and I are on those waters oft times. And what do we do now when we begin to sink? When these problems are bigger than we can handle, we're going to have to, like Peter, cry out and say, Lord, save me, or else I'm going to sink. The problem's going to be bigger than me. Jesus said to his disciples, You could not cast out this demon, this devil, out of this boy because of your unbelief. He said, had you had as much faith even as a mustard seed? You could have done it. Now you go back a little bit in uh, the, I believe it's the 13th chapter of Matthew. And you will find in the 31st verse these words of a parable. And Jesus spoke these words, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed when a man took and sowed in his field. What's he talking about? You're gonna take that little grain of mustard seed and you're gonna put it to work. You're gonna sow it so that it will grow. Oh, ye of little faith. I think there is a time in life and it may be now for you. And I believe it's now for me. Well, I'm gonna have to look at that mountain and say, hey, I can't get over it. It's gonna have to be knocked down to size. I don't know. Jim Hall's not here this morning, is he? I was gonna ask him if he knew of a little place in Ritchie County called Mole Hill. There was a place, do you know? This is true. There was a town in Ritchie County with a post office named Mole Hill. A few years back, they changed the name of that town. Today, it's called Mountain. it had national coverage. They made a a mountain out of a molehill. Well, I'm suggesting to you that in Jesus Christ, we can make molehills out of mountains. And we can get over, not on our own energies, not on our own wisdom, not on our own efforts, but In Jesus Christ, with this little faith of a mustard seed, we can place our dependency in Jesus Christ and pour out our confession unto Him, and suddenly those insurmountable problems will become molehills that we can step over. What do we do now? We go to the great coach, to the mighty coach, Son of God, to Jesus Christ our Savior, and we lay our problems at his feet. And suddenly the cares of this world will grow strangely dim when we place our eyes upon Jesus and look full on his wonderful face. We can rebuke the devil, and we can exercise our little mustard seed of faith, and it will get out of our way. I heard a hymn or a song some time ago that I've looked for and I haven't found, and I want to find it one of these days. It's called, Mountain, Get Out of My Way. There's no reason for mountains to be in our way. Alone, I'm not saying the mountains will go away, but I'm saying the mountains will be easier to uh, to handle when we are in Jesus Christ. When we look in His face, I used to have a poem, and I, I've lost it, and I, I can't find it. And you may you may know it. But it has to do with a person and Jesus walking on the seashore. And the person looks back and sees comfortably the two sets of footprints as he walked with the Lord. And then the time of uh, an adversary develops. The mountain comes into view. The difficulties arise. And the person looks back and he sees only one set of footprints. And he complains to the Lord, Lord, I thought you told me that you would always be with me in good times and bad and so on. And he complains, I'm now walking alone. And the Lord says something like this, I wish I could quote it. Did you not know, do you not understand? That's when I was carrying you. How do you get over the mountain? You place yourself in the hands of Jesus Christ. That's how. You let him pick you up and carry you over the mountain. Oftentimes we're not willing to do that. Do we think that he's too weak? Do we think that he does not care? That's not the Savior that I came to know. It's the Savior sometimes I I react to. But that's not the right one. Because the weakness is in me, not in Him. I want to encourage each of you this morning, as you face your mountains, I don't know what it might be, and I don't intend to inquire as to what it might be. But you've got your mountains, you've got your problems, but you don't have to try to get over that mountain alone. You can get over it in Jesus Christ. I'll never forget the times that I have faced difficulties and I've gone to the Lord with them and I have offered a prayer earnestly and sincerely, asking the Lord to intervene. And he did so. I went to sleep the other night with a mountain in my mind. I prayed about it. It loomed up great. I don't know quite how to to react to this and you react the way you want. I woke up in the middle of the night and I had been dreaming. And you know what I was doing? I was standing behind this pulpit and I was reading the scripture. And the scripture I was reading in my dream was launch out into the deep. I woke with that. That mountain is a lot easier today your mountain can be a lot easier as well. When we turn our eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face, the cares of his world will grow strangely dim. Father and our God, we bow before you right now with mountains looming in front of us that we can't seem to do anything about. Problems that are to, about to get us down and weigh heavy upon our shoulders. And yet, our Father, we, we confess our faith in you. And we know that you can do all things. And we know that we can do all things through you when you strengthen us. And so we come this morning in our weakness to turn our eyes upon you and look full in your wonderful face and let you pick us up and carry us down that tragic road along the beach or over that tremendous mountain that has become our adversary. We place our lives in your hands. Our Father, we ask that you will speak to each person this morning who is willing to look into your wonderful face. Forgive their sin as they ask for it. Help them to turn those mountains into mold hills by the power that is in you. Help each of us, our Father, to yield ourselves unto you afresh and anew this morning as we look into your wonderful face. In Jesus' name we pray.
0: Trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.